0: welcome back everybody to bed talks we are so excited for today's show um, we don't know where you are in the world, so good morning, good afternoon, good evening. We are just happy to be here in a new year, uh, continuing to bring you guests and people who can inspire you and make you aspirational. Um, and, and I know the world is a bit chaotic and crazy right now, to say the least, but we'll get through it, we'll get through it. We we, we thought <laughs> 2020 was tough, but maybe 2020 has actually uh, helped us and prepared us a little bit of what to expect in 2021. So we'll just keep taking it day by day and and staying grateful for still the things that we do have going that are positive in our life. So to kick it off today, um, we have an amazing young woman. I mean, I I can't hype this woman up enough. Um, Dr. Nina Ellis Harvey, she is so accomplished. Uh, There was a little applause that we were throwing in there. She is so accomplished. I don't know if I've got all of your credentials, so you may have to correct me, uh, Dr. Nina Ellis Harvey is an associated associate professor in the School of Psychology Doctoral Program. She's a licensed therapist, a TED speaker, certified life coach, um, director of the School Psychology Assessment Center on campus, and she's also just trained to be a certified personal trainer, as if she didn't have enough to do already. Um, so to say it lightly, you you seem a little bit, just a little bit achievement-oriented, um, and, and so... I hope that that gives you credit, but she's she's a phenomenal person because she, even though very accomplished, shares a lot of her personal experiences and challenges. And one more thing before I let her, Dr. Nina speak, I can't take full credit for discovering her. My baby sister always discovers these amazing people on the internet. <laughs> and she's like my pseudo booking agent. She's like, go find this person and talk to them and bring them on the show. And so she is the one that pointed you out, but I'm so glad because me and my husband Kay were just, reveling in your story, so I won't steal too much of more of your thunder, but welcome to the show, Dr. Nina. <laughs>
1: thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here, and I want to say thank you for inviting me to be on um and also thanks to your sister uh, for recommending
0: me That's oh she my- will she will love that shout out, so I'll make sure that she. <laughs> Here's the show and it knows that you, uh, you acknowledge, well, Rachel. So <laughs> yeah, she'll love to hear her name too. So Rachel, thank you for, for introducing us to Dr. Nina. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you for those of our listeners who may not know a lot about who you are or what you represent? Yeah.
1: Well, I would say to start off, I am a, I feel like people like to, to uh, place me as the girl next door who knows a little about everything, a little about a lot. Um, And some things I know a lot about as well. So I've always been the type to share. Um, I've always been into the arts. I've always been into science. Um, I'm adopted. I was raised in St. Louis and Memphis, Tennessee. I was adopted at the age of three months old. Um, My single parent mother who wanted to ensure that she had the opportunity to instill um, the idea of education, achievement, and overall femininity and womanhood into me. You know, she wanted to ensure that she left her legacy. She had come out of a divorce um, and had, and she's fine with this, but miscarried a child and she knew she wanted to give back to a child. Um, So she adopted me and we've been you know so close ever since she always had me into uh piano I was classically trained in piano violin viola cello always did the longest Christmas and Easter speeches so that's where the (laughs) the voice (laughs) and the orator comes from um and from there just always instilled with me in me that you can do what it is that you want to do in life but you have to put in the effort um to make it happen and so that led me to, you know, exploring different things and things I was good at and um, things that I wasn't quite get that great at, but I still learned to master. Um, also, I had gone through a period of, of distress, moving away from home for college at 17 years old, gained a lot of weight, lost um, over 100 pounds and have kept that off for almost 16 years now. Yeah. Um, And that led me to wanting to inspire others to do things that they saw as maybe impossible or uh, not within their reach, no matter what tools that they had. And that led me to going to YouTube while I was in graduate school, becoming a psychologist. And one of the bigger things at that time was, you know, just sharing with people my life. Um, And the things I enjoyed and that led to people saying well hey can you tell us about your hair, your skin, your makeup, your clothes, your lifestyle Um, and it just took off and now I have a community of over 1 million supporters on YouTube um, and that has just Continue to take on a life of his own it's led to tv shows it's led to magazines it's led to uh networking sponsorships all times all types of things i would have never expected so i'm highly grateful and i continue to give back in various ways so um aside from being a professor um i feel like running my clinic and helping others in the community but also uh, with my own business, I have a mentorship membership, and I help others do that as well with various things that they're having difficulty with and strategizing with. And it it spans attorneys and MDs, PhDs, different people um, who from different parts of life uh, that accept mentorship from little old me. So it feels <laughs> really good to have.
2: So you're not. So all that being said, you're still not going to run for office.
1: I don't know about it. Ooh, right now, I mean before I always joked about that. But um uh, no, the way the world is going. Now, <laughs> I don't know, we all might need to leave together. We'll see.
0: <laughs> you know, one thing that you talked about um was your weight transformation, losing a hundred pounds, uh being able to maintain that now sixteen years plus and I really, you know, didn't understand how it felt for people to experience being overweight until I had a friend who was very overweight. And she went through a a gastric uh, procedure to lose weight. So her transformation was really quick. And I learned so much about Mm -hmm. just the psychological, emotional changes she went through. Like, even though she lost this weight, she still internally felt like that same person when she had the weight on. So I was curious, like, for people who are going through that transformation... What are kind of the advice, you know, what kind of advice do you uh, give to them to help them kind of go through it like mentally, emotionally and not just physically? Because I think the physical part is one piece, but there's a whole emotional uh, piece that has to happen as well.
1: I think one of the biggest things is being kind to yourself. And when I say be kind to yourself, um, it's being able to see that now it's okay to put yourself first. And give back to yourself. I think what I learned about fitness and weight loss along the way was, I know everybody's story is different, but I think when we get to the root of why the weight was gained, a lot of times, yes, it's things without, you know, from outside of our reach sometimes, but a lot of times there's other weights that should be let go of. Whether it's been that you're not, you've just given up on taking care of yourself, you no longer have things that you want to look forward to, Um, maybe you've dropped the ball over time and it just kind of happened quickly, or you haven't aligned yourself as, you you know, I need to do this, this is necessary for my health, this is necessary for my life and not anyone else. A lot of times we find that there's other things in our lives that we need to drop when the weight comes on. So there's usually emotional difficulties, probably a spiritual imbalance Um, and emotional health. I continue to go back to because of that. Um, I think a lot of times we, we neglect ourselves. And so I would tell someone that's starting to go through that to really be kind to themselves because they probably endured a lot more than they give themselves credit for. And they probably have not taken time to take stock of how that has affected them in their lives. Whether it's been a traumatic situation, a life change, a job change, a move, a family member that passed on, a loss or grief, they need to really review that and and be kind to themselves and know that they're human and it's okay. Um, And they'll get through it. They'll get through it. It doesn't happen overnight, but enjoy that ride getting there.
2: I'm curious about something. Are are you know in in this transformation that you've been able to achieve over this lengthy period of time? It it sounds like you still have a goal of of not only keeping certain things off that you've worked hard to get rid of, but also letting others know that yes, the start is very important, but the continuance is also just as important.
1: Yes. Um... You, you hit the nail on the head. I think a lot of times we see these journeys as having a finish line. Mm-hmm. So one of my goals often when I teach people, when I work with my colleagues, when I work with clients, patients, different people, I like to make sure that they understand that, you know, <laughs> life is a series of ups and downs, right? So even when you're going through a journey and you're saying that it's going to finish, that's not how it, how it ends. You know, you're going to go through ups, you're going to go through turns, you're going to have to make detours. It's not going to necessarily happen the way that you want it to happen. Um, but if you allow it to give life of its own, then you usually cherish cherish it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that journey for me, like you said, 16 years of keeping this off has taught me that I can do something that people see as impossible and work towards uh um, Maybe giving back to myself daily and reminding myself that I'm worth that and so that becomes a habit and so that I require that of the world I require that of other people in my life of people in my network of people that I work with. Um, That it's important that not only do I treat myself well, but I treat others well and I want them to treat me well, Um, so I think. That what that's taught me over that time is that there is no finish. You know, anytime you go on a journey, you're consistently going to be challenged. And even when you get that thing that you think you want, it doesn't make that journey any more sweet. What makes it sweet is what you accomplish along the way Mm -hmm. and how you show yourself daily what you're worth and what you've done and how you've done it. Those are the things you'll remember. I really don't remember the day I reached my goal weight, but I do remember the feelings that I had attached to it. I had, you know, this feeling of, man, I've been going to the gym, man, I've really been taking care of myself, man, I know how to eat better, man. It's okay to have a piece of cake. (laughs) It's okay to, you know, not eat healthy every day, but I can still not gain all the way back. You know, I can take care of myself and make sure I'm staying on track and treat myself well, because life is a series of ups and downs. There will always be something that comes that might not be ideal for the journey that you're on, but you're gonna remember that process more than the goal.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a lot of why people set these really high you know, aspirational goals. They get there, they're so disappointed because they thought that particular outcome would make them feel a certain way, but they're not, to your point, focusing on the, the journey to get there. Mm-hmm. And so they're so focused on that end point that it doesn't give them that satisfaction that they thought, right? And and, and, I, and I think we are in a society where everything, you know, there's, there's focus on that. You got to get this car. You got to get this house. You got to get married. You got to have kids. Then you're going to feel good. And those aren't the things <laughs> that lead to you feeling good. You know, you got to feel good because you got to learn how to feel good about just where you are. Um, but it, that's a really interesting point, I, you know, with everything going on right now with the pandemic still kind of in the, we're hoping in the rear view mirror kind of sort of, but not yet quite, <laughs> um, political upheaval, racial tensions, mental health is like climbing. It's almost like this has really put people's mental health on a different level and, and made them more self-aware of some of their gaps right Uh, through this whole you know Mm -hmm. situation what are kind of some of the most like common things you're seeing that people are facing right now and how do you help them like manage through it
1: good question i feel like a lot of people are dealing with and i think we over say this but i'm going to say it Um, their own demons right now Mm -hmm. I think more than anything we were able to avoid a lot of things being movers and shakers in the world or believing we were movers and shakers Um, I think what I'm seeing a a lot of times is people who are having the time to actually reflect on their lives Mm -hmm. reflect on their relationships reflect on the people in their network even strangely enough even with social distancing um, I'm finding that people are learning to say no because they're building boundaries. They're no longer having to be in the company of people that maybe they were lending too much of themselves to. Um, I'm seeing people even be more selective in there. And I'm looking at cross relationships, but selective in their dating choices. Um, I see people saying, you know, now I want to date with a purpose. I was just out there hanging out with anybody because I could, you know, and now I actually want to meet people that you know align with my life um and i think people are also just realizing that um a lot of times we're not mindful of the things we have in our lives uh what's available to us i've seen people that are rediscovering habits um that you know, not habits, but maybe hobbies, I should say instead, hobbies that they never got to engage in as much because they were moving too Mm -hmm. fast or doing too much. Um, But then some of the negative sides of that is, you know, some people are having a lot more regrets uh, for things that have happened in their lives prior to now. Um, A lot more people are starting to see what's more important. Um, A lot of people are suffering from some desperation so just as much inspiration as some people are having a lot more people or some more people are more desperate of uh, for attention for you know people to be around them at any cost or um, to accept less than stellar treatment so I'm seeing that a lot of times people again going back to that idea of dealing with their demons they're finding that they really just swept those things under mm. a rug and now they're actually having to Face those things, and I think that's why we're seeing an increase in you know familial relationships having difficulties, uh, romantic relationships having difficulties because I think people are figuring out they didn't know themselves. Further, they didn't know the people that were really surrounding them, and so now they're having to face that because they're in solitude more. So that's been, I think, one of the bigger things that I'm seeing. So I see negatives and positives too. Some of
0: the same points. Sounds like you've been busy, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a lot of things. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then, yes. being, and I'm I'm curious in being busy. Have what would you say to a couple who, let's just say, one is deciding to transform their life, whether spiritually, uh, whether health, you know, health wise, wellness wise, but the other spouse is content with just being or remaining where they are. Now, we're talking about weight, but ladies and gentlemen in our audience, don't think we're just limiting what what Dr. Nina is is saying just to weight loss. It's across the board. So how would you counsel a couple in that situation?
1: (laughs) That's difficult. That's really difficult, mainly because, ooh, One thing I think people are becoming more aware of again is (laughs) this idea that maybe I need to ask people even more questions. First off in the courting session, in the courting stage, right? Um, Learn more about that person and along the way, if they are willing to be flexible with different lifestyle choices. And I think sometimes we don't find that out, but in that's water under the bridge when you're already married and moving forth, But with that said, maybe asking that person if maybe you all can compromise, you know, this is important to me. I know it's not as important to you, but maybe we can do something like two to three days a week together of some activity that helps me feel more fulfilled in my fitness journey and maybe you'll find that you like it as well Mm. maybe it's something that you'll enjoy if you see how it's going and then also confront why maybe they're content Mm. you know sometimes we don't do that a lot of times we just say oh well they don't care or they just you know they'll find wherever they are and then we get a little bit uh disgruntled or resentful and i think sometimes we should just flat out ask the person it seems like you're not really interested in this can i ask why you know, not that I want to put you down for that, but I, I, you know that I'm really taking on an interest with this. And because I'm interested in it, I don't want you to just do it because I'm interested in it, but because I want both of us uh, to feel the excitement and the joy that comes from this. Because I think it could be good for both of us. Um, and then see what their thought process is behind it. Because I think that's a missing piece of the puzzle. Often we jump to this person is just complacent. They're okay with that. And maybe it's something that's holding them back. Maybe they're like, hey, I, it makes me uncomfortable when I exercise. Or maybe I don't like people looking at me when I exercise. Okay, well, we can adjust. Why don't we try doing something where we just do something together outside where people aren't watching? Uh, why don't we try to do... You know, I think there's different ways of compromise. Um, and sometimes you have to get to the root of what might be that difficulty. It might not be anything to do with you. It might be that this person remembers their last workout is horrible and they were sore and it didn't make them feel good and they never got to the point where they enjoyed it Mm -hmm. or maybe the last healthy food that they tried just was disgusting (laughs) and it really didn't sit well with them and it wasn't something that made them want to try it again so it could be a tweak of a recipe or coming up with something together that y'all enjoy um, I think when you do that, you start to find other things that you all can connect on too that maybe haven't been explored in the relationship. So I always say, ask why? Because I think a lot of times we've just jumped to conclusions. We say that person okay. is okay with that, mm-hmm. but maybe they're not, but they're trying, they haven't developed the language or the words to say in order to help you understand more that This happened to me and I didn't like X, Y, and Z. And maybe you hearing that can help you adjust a little bit more and also compromise.
0: Yeah, I think the assumptions are like the death of a relationship because sometimes you think someone is doing something for like one reason and there's a whole history behind why they may be the way they are. And it's so complex because we coming to relationships, expecting people to understand how to love us, how to treat us. And that's just not, it's not fair. And and I always use the example of our parents. Like our parents know us pretty darn well. They know us probably more than anyone knows us, but even they don't know everything about us. But yet we expect like our partner to be able to lean in and be like, okay, I get you. You know, we expect them to get everything on us or to to pick up really quickly, but it just takes time to develop that understanding. That being said, this is my follow-up question to that. Um, when couples are navigating these changes and say one person doesn't want to compromise on something, you know, there's normal hurdles in a relationship. We're wet, So we're learning a lot about each other. We're understanding that it's going to take time to meld together. But we're still two individuals. And I think there's always that challenge of like, I don't want to lose myself so much because maybe you have that history of doing that and you don't want to like go back through that phase, but yet you're like, I definitely want to connect with my partner. So what are normal hurdles for a couple when they're going through things and when do you just tell them they need to stop and just (laughs) take a break? Is there anything specific that you like look for as far as, you know, tendencies of that couple or characteristics?
1: I would say every situation. See, compromise in my humble opinion and also i think more research-based it comes with love you know we don't just because you love somebody you don't do stuff just because you love doing it Mm because some of the stuff we do for each other we don't enjoy it all the time (laughs) but because we love the person it gives us joy to bring them joy Mm -hmm. um so i think understanding even more in a relationship that it is all of it is compromised I mean, you lived your life one way for years. This other person has lived their life one way for years. When you come together, there's definitely going to be some misalignment. You know, I think even my future husband would say, like, I, I'm not as headstrong as people might assume, but I have things that I like particularly. Like, <laughs> I like this like that, you know. But if it, if, if it's gonna cause a lot of contention or if it's just not necessary, I'm willing to bend because I love him. And I think that's a part of compromise. And so when you have someone that's not willing to compromise, I think you have to ask, again, what happened that has caused you to not want to compromise on this thing? And I'm, and let me also say, it's unrealistic to think that people will compromise on everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just... Again, we're coming together in lives where when I'm working with different people, you're coming together in a life where you've lived a whole nother life without this person. And maybe the past few years y'all have been together, but now it's like, I've been doing it this way (laughs) and it's been fine. Um, So I think you have to ask yet again, how, how can I work with you so that we both can find a middle ground here? Um, I know you don't want to change this, this, and this, but we have to change something so that I'm a little more comfortable too. And I would assume you would want me to be comfortable as well, so that we both can work together. Um, and usually, when people really love you, they're willing to bend on something. And if you not—you might not get all you want from the negotiation. Everything in life is a negotiation, uh, but. Also, I think sometimes we say someone's not willing to compromise, but they give us a little of what we want, and we don't count that, right? Mm -hmm. We tend to be like, well, I didn't get everything I wanted, so (laughs) it doesn't (laughs) matter. That tends to be the the (laughs)
0: attitude. Um,
1: But you have to, in order to get what you want psychologically, right, you have to celebrate even the small gains. Mm -hmm. So if somebody gave you a small part, and you're like, yay, wow, I'm so happy you did this. That makes me happy. Guess what? That person naturally is gonna look for little ways that they can sneak in a little bit more because you've praised them for that. They feel good. They feel more fulfilled because they've made you feel happy, even if they feel like, well,
0: I just gave you a little bit. Well, I, I think but, you make a good you, know, you make a you make a good <laughs> point, not to cut you off, but like the love languages. I know we I know we talk about the love languages and I know people are like, Okay, now I know your love language, I'm gonna exhibit that this way. I don't think it works like that mm-hmm. real life. I think it is natural for people to lean into the way they would like to be loved. And I think that's, that's still them showing that they care and love about you. And I think that point gets missed. And I think it, it takes time for them to get to a point where they're like, oh, you know what? Okay, I'm still going to do this because it's going to make me feel good to do this for you. But I know you will appreciate that. And that's when I think you're crossing over to like that next level of love and intimacy. But I think we miss that a lot because they're like, okay, if I just tell you my love languages, now we're, you know, problem solved. <laughs> you well, some people think that and they're like okay and if the, and if the person's still doing it the way they would like it done then people are disregarding that to your point, not celebrating the the milestone or the the little gestures that are still showing that this person's engaged and they care about you. And then the the other thing that happens that transforms a relationship is sometimes you start to think, you know what? I kind of like this love language too. Like this is, this is nice. I never had anyone do this. So I think, I think the whole thing of a couple coming together, melting together is so interesting because we put so much pressure on things happening right away And I had Mm -hmm. my parents, you know, they were married 57 years and it's like they don't agree on everything. He did applause. Yeah, that does deserve applause. (laughs) But it's like, (laughs) thank you, thank you, thank you. But one thing I learned from them is that they still don't agree on everything. There's they, still going to be misses or misalignment that you talk about. And you would think, okay, over, after this period of time, the alignment's better. Now, the alignment does get better, but there's still going to be things that there's misalignment. So I think if people look at it from that vantage point, they'll be more realistic mm-hmm. about that process.
2: I'm going to tell you, it doesn't get any better than this when you have two love relational strategies <laughs> And I'm in betwixt both. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, Kay is just I'm 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 silent. Kay has stuff to add. I'm I'm silent. You
0: have things to yes, add. Yes,
2: I, I do. But boy, I'm telling you, it, this, this is just amazing. I feel like the meat in between two slices of bread, but it's all good. Oh.
0: <laughs> um, one thing. so I was just going to shift a little bit. Um, I think the thing that's pretty interesting about your, your journey is how you're sharing your journey with your followers, how you're using it as a way to educate, inform, let them know that certain things are okay. Because I think once people know other people have experienced something, it makes them more comfortable to be able to express feelings that they may have been holding inside. So I commend you for that. But that being said, because you've shared your weight loss transformation. I know you had the like hydrosis. Well, the boil, you know, mm-hmm. the boil situation happened. You shared that. that, right? Say, mm-hmm. say it again for people because I dry the night is Yeah, I can't say the whole thing, so <laughs> which is why I had her
2: well, the I sp- I am spell- a spelling
0: bee. I am a spelling bee person, A-J. but okay. <laughs> but anyway, bottom line <laughs> is how do you like find the line of like what you how do you keep a balance with your life? And like your your, your, your 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 I guess your public life, like when do you kind of draw the line in the sand so that you don't feel like you have to kind of put everything out there? Like how, how do you manage through that?
1: What's interesting is a lot of my uh, viewership has told me like, you're one of the most open guarded people ever. Mm. I'm just very controlled with what I share. And I think a lot of my best friends would say that too. And my mother was like that. My mother was always the helpful one. She's one of 12 children. Mm -hmm. She was always the helpful one, always the fighter, always the, you know, this or, you know, help me with that. But one thing was there was a sense of demure and a sense of uh, mystery with her. And my friends have always kind of said that about me. Though I'm an open book, I'm still very careful about what I share and how I share it. Um, When I share things, it's because... I thought about how, you know, first off, I like to share things after quote unquote achievement. When I say that, it's because I want people to understand what's possible and see what's possible and see that they've seen me taking the steps before I said, oh yeah, I'm going to get that or I've done that. Um, So usually by the time I tell the story, you know, I know there's various different things, but people can respect it because they're like, oh, now I know why you did X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And now I know I can connect how you did this. Um, Because I always feel that it's important to share certain things with people, with most people, that they might feel ashamed of or they might feel alone with. Um, But at the same time, I keep some sensibility and also some secrets about, not secrets, but because secrets has a negative connotation, but keep some mystery about that. Some mm-hmm. things that are, are sh- treasured and special to me that I wouldn't share with anyone. Um, but a lot of those things I feel like are helpful and they're a reflection of me and they're, and some would say that's shameless, but it doesn't bother me. I've come through it. Mm-hmm. I've lived it. I've seen what happens on the other side. I've seen what happens before the other side. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I can share those things because they have been things I've actually encountered and overcome. And I don't feel like, quote unquote, a person who's just preaching at or, um, you know, willfully offering advice on things that I haven't experienced myself um, or done the research on. And so I think that that lets me know when I feel okay with it, when I can talk about it, when it doesn't any longer carry a stigma with me, that's when I like to share it. I like to overcome it and then share it and make sure that people can understand why, you know, this is a part of my journey and if it's a part of theirs, why it's okay.
2: Well, I say the power of transparency is always beneficial to others. And listening to you, um, I really believe that that's why your platform um, has expanded the way that is you know it has expanded letting people walk with you through your journeys and again being transparent about about it as well as showing them this is these are the necessary steps that you have to take and you have taken and are still taking. Mm-hmm. So I think in itself that's the power um of of just being transparent and letting others know, you know, you're human, we're human just like every everyone else but you know the, the biggest weapon they say is a made up mind. So I think that's that's big.
0: Yeah. No, and I'm sure it empowers you and it empowers other people because I think sometimes the the misnomer of social media is that people can highlight their are positive, they're good real, right? And you don't see the real real. <laughs> and so then people are looking, and I always say comparison is the thief. You know what I'm saying? Comparison is the thief of joy. is true because they're looking at something that's not even like really everything that's happening. And I, I think you're doing a very fair, balanced way of saying, look, I've gone through this myself, and you're not going to tell people to do things you haven't experienced yourself. Also, I saw that you got engaged, so congratulations on that. Thank um, you. Yeah, con- I, that's exciting for you, I'm sure. And I'm curious, like, from your being a psychologist in a relationship, <laughs> and so you must have a really great fiance. <laughs> What new things are you learning about yourself um, and your fiance as you like go through this process of dating, now being engaged and and preparing for marriage that you would like to share with other couples out there?
1: I would say so me and my fiance, he's a mechanical engineer with an MBA. So he comes at things like for straight science. Like I've learned from him, uh, (laughs) you know, how to get things done quickly processes and he's definitely a fixer Um, so what I've learned from him because in the past what I had a problem with um, was sometimes and and this just wasn't even in uh, romantic relationships being a quote unquote fixer but it was to my detriment at times and what I have had to learn is it's okay to have someone want to help you with things and he's one of those people like I can say, I don't need help on it. I'll turn around and he's doing it. You know, like he's not talking, he's not doing all of that. I'm the talker, definitely. Um, but he he realizes and understands that balance too, which helps me to understand his balance and desire to help and fix and work and, and do. Um, and also bring new things into my life. I think when people, I mentioned this before, A lot of times when people see my accomplishments, the things I've done, I think one thing that I've run into with previous relationships um, is that it's already the assumption that you've already made it, you've already arrived, you don't need anything, Um, no matter how accomplished they are, no matter what they do. Um, But what I found is our relationship, more specifically, me as a psychologist and And him um, as an engineer by trade, I think what has helped us expand is I'm okay with what I don't have. (laughs) And he also helps me to fill in those things because I'm quickly now learning to ask him for help all the time, you know, and I think he is happy with that. And it took me a little while to understand that, not because I never did want help. But what I realized is because I was busy helping other people so much in the past. Um, I didn't always allow the other side to happen for me or to trust someone to do that for me. So I think what I'm learning about myself is I'm okay with not knowing how to do everything. That (laughs) doesn't bother me. I'm very happy that my future husband knows how to do what I know how to do and more. Um, (laughs) And it's okay. Um, So I think those types of things are some of the more practical things I'm learning. Also speaking on those love languages, um he's a gift giver Mm -hmm. and he also loves words of affirmation um and i think it's because of he's he's so technical um that it's nice to hear others that are gifted in words be able to express those words and i wasn't always used to strangely enough other than my mother really receiving a lot of gifts and he gives me gifts i mean he went to trader joe's the other day to go grocery shopping came home with a bouquet of flowers you know, he's just always giving. Even our engagement was a whole to do on Thanksgiving, you know? And those types of things for me has been something I've had to learn that, you know, when I started accepting that that I like it. Like, thank you. I'm looking for gifts <laughs> when he comes home now.
2: Like where's my <laughs>
1: where's my gift? Oh,
0: you don't have flowers like, okay. he's creating a monster. <laughs> He's creating a monster. He's like, okay. Really? He
2: I heard someone once say they said don't. They said that uh, don't start something that you can't continue.
1: <laughs> oh no! And I think he enjoys creating a monster. Like I think it's it's fun for him because he's seeing someone that didn't used to be that way. Um, though my mother, like I said, I think some would say that I was bougie. I was raised kind of bougie, uh, but but I wasn't always an embracer of that because. I would often run into people that couldn't necessarily give me that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I had learned to adjust to that. But when he came into my life, it was just totally different. And he would actually tell me, he told me one day, he's from Detroit, I'm from St. Louis. And he told me, it's okay that you're bougie. You don't have to apologize for being bougie. I know you are. I know what I'm dealing (laughs) with. so, So that's always been so great for me to literally be able to calm down and allow someone else to... Um, take the reins with a lot of things. Like I don't have to worry about so much or have to overthink so much. And as a psychologist, we tend to think a lot. And I find that with him, I don't have to do that all the time. But I think he also enjoys the the being able to go back and forth because I like to talk and I'm a wordsmith. So he enjoys that as well. So I think I'm learning that balance
0: that's when good you, being- you said something important too and i had to learn and i know that's why k is smiling like you gotta allow your partner <laughs> to do things for you and because that is their way of showing love and and you have to learn how to embrace that and that was very hard for me too because I, I think when you're just used to going and doing your own thing <laughs> <laughs> he's getting a loud applause whoa! for that whoa okay <laughs> So I've had to learn that it's okay to receive. Cause I was, I'm like you too, I'm a like, giver. And it's like, oh, you're going to give back to me? Okay. It is so, you, cause you could be a get a bad receiver, right? So I think that's an important lesson for women that a lot of times when men are doing gestures to learn how to kind of receive that and to ask for their input and accept their help cause they want to be needed. Too. But you
2: know what, to, to really, to, to you guys, to women's credit, you all have worked so hard over the years and have been able to provide for yourselves across the board. It is understandably so when a man comes in, or at least from my perspective, and it sounds like your fiance too, Dr. Nick, ne- when a man comes in, look, we're just adding to what you have already achieved and accomplished. So wherever we can find those little small gaps, even if it's a, a, a bouquet of flowers, just something to add to what you probably weren't doing for yourself or hadn't already done for yourself, it says a lot. So I, I, I it's, it's hard to a certain extent, but- Most men understand that women, African-American women have had to fend for themselves so long And now have accomplished so much that, yes, it's it's hard. I can only imagine to kind of lay down and just let the man do certain things that you are already capable of doing, you know. But we're going to play a quick game right quick, because one thing you don't know about Elizabeth is she's good when it comes to signs. Now, I'm (laughs) not into those types of things. okay? she can tell if you're an Aquarius, if you're a Virgo. So based on the description that you gave your husband or based on the things how you were describing your husband. I'm going to ask Elizabeth if she can decipher what is his sign. And you would just simply let her know if thumbs up, she's right. Thumbs down, she's wrong.
0: I'm not really sure, but if he's an engineer, he likes process. He could either be an earth sign or, but then it sounds like he has a really soft side to him too. There could be like maybe a water sign. I, I'm not sure which one though. I can't decipher.
2: No, no. <laughs> well, give her. What, what do you think?
0: <sighs> oh, it's hard. Go ahead. I'd have to like be like have more information, but um, no. Go with the
2: information that she's already provided. I'm
0: thinking Water sign, maybe.
2: What? I
0: don't know which, which water sign? sign. I'm just which? thinking like either a Cancer or a Pisces or a Scorpio, or he's Leo. He's Leo. Ah, okay. You know? I yep. was wrong
2: for the yeah, first time.
1: But <laughs> you were close. Her, I was like, oh, maybe she's gonna keep going. <laughs> Yeah, he's
0: a Leo. Okay, and Leos do like to give gifts. You're Libra. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good match, actually. That's a pretty good match. That could yes. be a very powerful couple.
1: Oh, see, I learned that just recently. <laughs> you did? I was like, oh, uh
0: uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, it could be a really yes. good match because you're more like you can go with the flow. They're kind of more fixed, but the two together, it's like you balance. You give him a lot of ideas, and he's like thinking through your ideas, and like he takes a, like action. But you're action oriented too. That's the thing. So it's like it's a good it's a good mix. But that being said,
1: you said what? Which can sometimes make us bump heads.
0: Don't us can I can see that. i be like, okay, fine. You take the action. <laughs> so, Doctor Nina, we really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you so much for your time, your insights, your expertise. Yes. Congratulations on all your accomplishments. You should be so proud of yourself. Um, the fact that you're using your platform in such a, um, a positive manner to help people, to empower them, uh, to educate, to, to help people think differently, to inspire them. I mean, that's, that's just all great things. What projects um, do you wanna tell our listeners that you're working on right now? And why don't you also share where they can find you?
1: Uh, right now I have uh, at the head of everything, my mentorship membership, which just released, Um, I want to say just two weeks ago Um, and it has started off really well. I think we have almost 30 members now. It was beta tested in the summer uh, with different people of, like I said, different walks of life and we continued on and developed it out. It was a two year project, Uh, but the mentorship membership is all about uh, people learning, new research-based methods and life experience-based methods through courses that i have personally prepared um and also live web live monthly webinars and live calls um, to help them to strategize and find new ways to live life in order for it to be its fullest no matter what stage in life they're at um so it has courses like fail fall and immediately learn um, grief and loss course and how to deal with loss um, Also just various different life stages, my supernatural courses in there and other things as well. So it's just a really awesome group of women uh, right now that are cycling through um, that I'm working with. So that's my biggest project right now. Otherwise, continuing to work on the platforms um, and working on some other publications um, and things that are coming forth. Otherwise, people can find out and connect with me or see everything else that I have going on through YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Beautiful Brown Baby Dome, um, which is where I just house a collective of things from video to photos. I My newest platform is Instagram, so I'm kind of learning that.
0: You're doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good. Your, <laughs> people, your people came up. <laughs> hey, you got a lot of people right away that came from YouTube pretty much, you know, a nice amount of people. And I like it. It's very, like, you're, you're, I like your fashion sense, your, your, um, like your pride in your ancestry by your hairstyles and your jewelry and the colors. It's, it's, it's nice. It's a very nice aesthetic. And then there's some wisdom thrown in there and some of you talking to people. So I think you're doing a good job with Instagram. Thank you. Just my two cents. Thank you. Just my two cents. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We are gonna wrap the show. Did you have anything you want to add, Kay, to say?
2: Keep encouraging the masses. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. nina
0: (laughs) So on that. (laughs) So on that note, we're gonna end the show. Thank you guys for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe to future episodes of the show on the Anchor app. Uh iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms. And until next time, XOXO. Thinking everything is built out. Yeah. It's crazy how that works, huh? But it don't work for me.